0: Welcome back, pet lovers. Today, we have another exciting episode of the Pet Business Podcast. If you are new to the show, this is a podcast hosted by Dr. Qureshi, a veterinarian with over 30 years of experience, to share with you. On this episode, Dr. Qureshi and Sean Simons will be exploring a topic that's often discussed but not understood. The different grades of pet food and the effect they have on their nutrition together we'll shed some light on the factors that influence pricing tips to help your pet maintain a healthy weight as well as dr Kureshi's take on a raw diet and now here is your host dr koreshi
1: the question is where people get their information from on nutrition and in my opinion they get most of the information from social media nowadays and uh, from their friends, family or past experiences, uh, how to feed my dog, uh, what to feed and all that. And everybody has different ideas. Over 30 years of uh, being in practice and talking to various owners every day and, and, and is always confusing to me what people thinkings are and everything It's not on the basis of uh, healthcare or medicine or anything is it just what they know. And, and sometimes that's not accurate and according to medicine or according to healthcare and the way they should be feeding. So I think it's a very exciting topic. And I think as veterinarians, we are fail to provide that, that guidance and, and, and advice to pet owners because uh, as, as, as a veterinarian and veterinary team, we don't get much education uh, in school. When we graduate as a veterinarian or veterinary team, uh, you know, very little education is given on nutrition, and I'm, I'm I'm sure it's true in other profession like medical profession and everything too. So we we learn as we go, and some vets have more experience providing that, and they have more interest in that because they see, like I have seen, that most of the diseases and most of the problems happen because of poor nutrition and what you feed and how much you feed and everything in pets and. And uh, we got special interested in that. And but majority of the past have no no learning desire, uh, no education and because it doesn't sell. And that's why they don't want to learn and they don't want to. Even if they try to provide the information to the owners, sometimes the owner doesn't want to listen to them because they have their own notion. They don't have their own ideas and everything. And coming from vets, they always think they want to sell me something. And I think that kind of we have to pass that. I think if the veterinarians want to make a difference in with the owners and the pets, they need to pass that sales point and and sell an advice on a nutrition, and 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 I think that's the way you can make a breakthrough and help your clients and help your pets to to choose a good food, good advice, and so your pets can thrive on. I know that one place we turn
0: to for anything about our pet's health would be our, our vet, and um, nutrition is no different. Um, I, I mean, I would hope that they they can provide, um, you know, the uh, information that we can rely on. When you explain it, I guess I can I can understand, you know, where that kind of uh, communication breakdown is. Can you give information on, on maybe the different types of diets, like what yeah. we can you know, look for what would be good for our pets?
1: Yeah. So, in general, um, if you look at, you know, I'm talking about the prepared dry foods and canned foods out there. Right. There are hundreds of foods out there. (laughs) I I think (laughs) uh, uh, the pets are, uh, the pet owners are as confused as the veterinarians are. (laughs) But being in the profession, being taking interest, and, and so just to, keep it simple and break down into three categories There are premium brand of foods okay there are uh, popular brands of foods and there are no name brands and then there are raw foods now okay right. mm-hmm. so when i say premium brands of food uh, let's talk about what makes them so in my opinion 70% of pet foods are made by only three companies is <laughs> royal canin purina and hills and they are big giant companies who also not only make pet food, but also make human foods and products and all that. You'd be surprised. I mentioned a few things to you and the rest 30% they're smaller companies who make the good food. I'm not going to say whether they make a good or a bad food or something, but okay. each company makes a premium brand, right. popular brand and no name brands. That's their marketing. Okay. So what, when I say premium brands, they only sell them through the veterinarians. Okay. So when you go to a vet they only carry premium brands. They cannot carry everything, right? Right. Now I know that
0: like I've seen for instance Purina at the pet store as well as at the veterinarian. Are there did they sell specific lines only through veterinarians but still like under kind of
1: their name? Is right, that what right. happens? Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. So Purina say you gave a Purina example. So Purina makes a premium brands which mm-hmm. are sold through a little different naming. Mm-hmm. They sell through the, the pet, uh, the veterinarians, then they sell through pet stores, mm-hmm. and then they sell through grocery stores. When you go to grocery store, So what is the difference? I think if you ask the difference, not only the price, right, but also is the quality of the ingredients they put in there, and that's, that's why they're charging more for it. So premium brand, there are high quality ingredients, more digestible protein, more digestible fat, more digestible nutrients. And that's why you pay for it. Right. And popular brands may be a little bit of lower end and the no-name brands a little bit low end. So, but they are catering to all different markets. Okay. Right. And that's why there's a price difference comes in there, but because we want to capture all their pet owners. Right. And so When you buy from a veterinarian, you're not only buying your life stage diets like, you know, puppy, kitten, senior and all that. Oh, yeah, of course. But you're also buying therapeutic diets. That's why we are different as veterinarians selling foods, because we not only um, give you advice on the nutrition and sell foods, we, we also cater to the medical condition of a pet. but. When you're buying a regular food like a puppy, kitten, adult, and a senior formula from a vet, mm-hmm. you are buying a premium brand. And that's why you pay for it because of better quality. And and they're the same companies. So so that, that's that's my take on it. As far as the raw food is concerned, the veterinarians, why they do not re- recommend raw food is because of the human risks to certain things what can be in a raw food. For example, if the food is contaminated with mm-hmm. Salmonella, Listeria, uh, E. coli, some of the bacterias uh, and, and is eaten raw. Not only the pets can get really sick, but also uh, people can get sick because the dog licks you or a pet licks you and you handle their food and everything else. So unless the food is clean, is not contaminated and, and uh, you handle it right and there's no risk to the human and the pet, then, you know, people can feed it. But why go through that if you can have a food which is well-balanced, right? easy to give it to pets, easy to control the feeding, mm-hmm. and, you know, why not do that? But I, I don't want to go over not to feed it or feed it. That's your opinion. Uh, I didn't even think of the, the, the human
0: uh, health risk mm-hmm. side of things. I do know. Uh, you know, again, not to to open a brand new topic right here, um, but, you know, for raw diets, uh, a lot of times it's not just the food itself that you need to feed your pet. You need to give them supplemental additional nutrients and stuff through supplements um, to just keep, make sure that they have a well-rounded diet. And what I'm, I'm thinking and what you've mentioned is that um, the prepared dog food has all that yep. right on the, on the spot. So, you know, not to say one's better than the other. Um, it's all about yeah. you know pet owners making their own informed decisions, but that has to be an informed decision. You can't just say yeah. um, this influencer on social said yeah. to go with this diet, so I'm going with this diet because
1: that could be really risky for your pet. Yeah, like like a you know consumer, smart uh, consumer. You have to do your research. You have mm-hmm. to educate yourself and uh, pay, ask questions to your veterinarians. Mm-hmm. They are experienced in pet care. Right. They know. They can advise you if you are enthusiastic asking about those questions. But if you don't ask that question, they're not going to bring it up. Mm -hmm. So ask about not past that question where they're trying to sell you something, but ask them their honest opinion. You know what I should be feeding and why I should be feeding. Ask Mm -hmm. those probing questions and get Mm -hmm. those answers. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned about the raw food is not balanced. So let's put it out there. Dogs are omnivores. Yes. Cats are carnivores. Mm-hmm. So omnivores mean they can eat uh, fruits, vegetables, a meat based diet. Dogs, raw food mean you cannot just feed the raw food and think is balanced for the dogs. Right. Mm-hmm. Because even in the wild, when they hunt other animals, they did not eat flesh. Mm-hmm. They went to the stomach and eat the stomach contents and everything else. So there was there some plant material there. There was some all the other stuff there and everything. They didn't eat the flesh. Same thing in wolves, which are closer to the dogs. Right. The way they eat is different. Mm-hmm. Cats, true carnivores. Yes. If you don't feed cat high protein, high meat diet, they will get certain diseases. They mm-hmm. get taurine deficiency and everything. And, uh, and and so they need a high meat, They're carnivores like mm-hmm. wild cats. So that's that's a different thing. So that's my take on the nutrition. Mm-hmm. The other uh, thing i like to mention here is before your other question you're going to ask me is um, how much to feed and everything. That's actually the next thing I wanted to know is I, I mean, it's, it's one thing to know what to feed them,
0: but, right. but when and how much.
1: Right. Really and cute. that's, there's no right or wrong. But once you understand uh, what results you get out of this, mm-hmm. okay? So I've seen a pet come into me in the exam room, 40 pound, overweight. And I ask the, the client, you know, what you're feeding and how much you're feeding. Most of the time they say, oh, the food is there all the time for them to graze on. And I feed this brand and that brand. And plus I give this treat, that treat. Is that okay to give this, that treat? I get into that every day and any day. Mm-hmm. And that, that bothers me. Because if you're feeding a pet free choice and everything, they don't know when to stop. Right. That that our pets behave the same way what we have behave, behave over the years mm-hmm. I mean if we have access to food mm-hmm. the fridge is on the corner in the kitchen We go in there and you see what happens to people 30 yes. or 40 percent obesity, right? Yeah. yeah, Pets are the same way 30 to 40 percent of your pets cats or dogs they're obese because that reason we feed them free choice and You not being home. Pets are there all day. The food is sitting there. What are they going to do? They're going to go and eat. Yeah. And lay on the couch (laughs) and and no exercise. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're going to gain weight. So first thing is with experience, I can tell you dealing with my own pets over the years and. Looking at and talking to people every day, I can tell you meal feeding helps. So whether you do one meal a day, two meal a day or three meal, there's no right or wrong. OK, but you get them their calories or the amount in the one meal or two meals. It depends you what your schedule is. Right. You may be set with that. And mm-hmm. I think if you give them a breakfast, half the meal in a breakfast and half at night, mm-hmm. you measure once and say, OK, my if you know, if I have a 60 pound lab need three and a half or four cups a day, mm-hmm. you probably give them two cups in the morning, two mm-hmm. cups at night. And, you know, that's it. You're done right when they finish the bowl, put it up, just leave the water out for them. That's the more practical way to do. And and so a lot of the time on uh, the food bags will tell you how much to feed, but they yep. tell you way too much. Really? Yeah. Oh. I, I think if you go three quarter of that, you'll be fine with it. Trust me, your pet won't starve. Oh, no, no. no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and treats are extra because if yeah. you follow the bag mm-hmm. and even less, then any treat you give is extra. It's like us snacking on something mm-hmm. which is extra, and those are extra calories. Mm-hmm. And, so, and meals, so that adds in the weight.
0: Right. So the, the meals, um, the por- those portions are the nutrition that the dog needs to, to live and grow. So, you know, snacks and treats, which, you know, we can't resist their faces when they want to have a treat. Um, that, like you say, that's not nutrition they need. Well, it's, it's barely nutrition, but it's also not, you know, sustenance they
1: need. Yeah, no, but that make you feel better you're giving a treat. But well, whether it's it. helping the pet or not is a different story. Treats you can give, but make sure if you're giving certain treats, they are healthier. And then you you manage their food they reduce their per 24 hour mm-hmm. ration accordingly. And and sometimes pets come to you and they don't want food. They want attention. They want play. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of pe- people think if they come to me, they always want food. I think is our psychology thinking that.
0: Mm-hmm. But not always. Right.
1: If you take pet out for a walk when they come to you, or if they come to you petting, they know their timing. If you're feeding them morning and night, they will bug you those timings. Oh
0: yes. Yeah. Within about a half an hour of feeding time. The dog so you set the right schedule. Yeah.
1: yeah. You set the schedule and and th- that's the way you feed. Um and so another reason for that time feeding is and, and not giving them food you know leaving it out there a free choice is because every time a pet eats is called gastrocolic reflex they mm. as soon as the food goes in the stomach the body said you will have to evacuate so that's why if you notice you feed up your dog mm. 20 minutes later you have to take him out for you know yeah. number 2 <laughs> right <laughs> yes. yeah so mm-hmm. they have to go so if the food is there all the time you can house train a pet because they're going to go anytime and every time no timing and then people say why they're making a mess in the house the the, the problem is not the dog problem is you <laughs> because if you time your feeding you will have no accident in the house you will time your pooping and everybody be happy
0: yeah that's that's another element that uh, I don't think people consider how meal
1: times uh, help with house training with- it's a big big link to it mm-hmm. and, and start that early as sure. a puppy. They learn very quickly when the time of feeding is how much they're going to get. And in between, they will, won't will beg you. I can tell you a personal experience. I mean, here and there, we give a healthy treat in between if the pet do certain thing, like if they, mm-hmm. we take them out, they come in, we give them a treat for being good, doing their business outside. Mm-hmm. So for training purposes, initially you can do that, mm-hmm. but the treats, treats are not must. You know, and, and if they're going to add up the calories and you're not going to reduce the regular meal, that's excessive. Right.
0: Really, thank you for all this information. Um, we, uh, I know that we could go on for a long time about right. nutrition. We could talk about different life stages and right. how that or different health concerns and how that affects their diet. Um, we have uh, um, we've covered a lot today. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, I thank you for your time, Dr. Qureshi.
1: Thank you for uh, your, your questions. And, and I think this is such a topic, we can come back to it, and we can talk about uh, life-stage diet. We can always talk about diets in, in different disease conditions. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll uh, keep in mind, and our next topic, we can, we can definitely talk about more of the things. Um, I think, uh, uh, you know, hopefully you learned something new. Oh, uh, Sometimes <laughs> these things are controversial. But again, um, I I'm, I'm want to mention uh, the pet owners and people in, in the field that, uh, you know, This is my opinion, uh, my professional opinion uh, It's not an advice to you. So, you know, educate yourself if you are watching in the vet field and 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 if you're a pet owner, educate yourself what's out there, what to feed your dog and ask your veterinarian because they're the biggest resource because they see most of the diseases, they see most of the problems. So I think they are the best source to go to and probe them more and make them work harder for you, uh, the service uh, you get from them. So I'll leave it at that and uh, to the next time. Thank you.